How many of you were at the sound? The sound has begun, and now we have to put feet to the sound. Amen. How many of you know you just don't pray, but you go and you pray and do? And so tonight is uh, a sound recap. Every year what we do is the elders, LT, some of the leaders, we get away. And believe it or not, we go through all those corporate words. Some of them are corporate. Some of them are corporate uh, attached to individual words that impacts this house. And so if you're wondering, what's the sound all about? What, what, why call the, the sound? Well, the sound is the sound above all sounds. You need to understand where it was birthed from. The sound above all the sounds, above all the social media, above all the noise, above, above all the cars and news and politics and educate above all of that there's a sound it's the sound of the voice of God it wasn't in the thunder or the rain or the fire but it was in the still small voice and he wants to call you out of your cave and cause you to walk in the anointing and the calling he has on your life like Elijah and so that's where the sound comes from well we've been kind of locked up for about Two and a half days? How long has it been? I don't even know what day it is. Just teasing. But when you've been in so many meetings and reading over so many words, you're like, wow. It's Saturday, praise the Lord. We started thir Thursday and uh, finished uh, around 11 today and was going through all the different words. And some of it was our elders meeting also. But we had a wonderful time and it was very inspirational. I saw Steve Parham, and he was like, wow, just, we were talking, and he's like, man, just reading over the words, over the words of this house and over the words of you. And so what we do is we go, let's read this. God, what are you saying to Heart of the City Church? What are you saying? What's a word for now? What may be for the future? What is something that God may be confirming? All these things take place with prophetic words, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, all of those things. And it's like, is it for now? God, what, do you, what is for us now? How are you leading us with this word? These are the, the conversations. We have deep conversations about what I just said because we want, we even change the, the year ending of our finances at this church, it used to be December the 31st. We changed it to March 31st. Why? What if God says, hey, I want you to start a church in Columbia, Bogota or something. Then we want to be able to adjust the finances to be able to do those things. Are you feeling me? So we actually believe the prophetic word. The Bible says, believe the prophet. That's what Jehoshaphat said. The prophet told you Jehoshaphat, believe the prophet and prosper. You can get a word and never, never do anything with it go, that was cute. Or you can believe the word and run with it, and I promise your life will be changed. Almost every word that has been spoken over Radian and I when we were set out presbytery 18 years ago before we planted here has come to pass. But it's not just God, it's you. You can set it up there and let it get dusty and never do anything with it and even forget it. Or you can believe it and your life be changed. Well, that's what this is all about tonight. 
Craig's going to lead us in this journey as we go through the main corporate words over this house. And we wanted to bring you into this journey so that you can go with us in believing and praying for it, declaring and, and, and stepping into faith, believing this word and prospering. Amen? Amen. Craig, would you, would yeah. you shoot for it, baby? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this first one I'm going to throw to Dave, and there was a specific word that we actually want you guys to hear, recognizing that you, not all of you were at every gathering. Um, there was a word about us being a house of mercy, and so we're going to play a, a short clip, and then Dave's going to speak into what our eldership was feeling towards this direction, so let's play that first clip. You know, but while he was talking, there was a word burning in me for the church. There's, there's a grace on this church. There's graces on every local church, but every church doesn't have the same grace. No two snowflakes are alike. There's a special grace, and it really comes from your pastors down to you, and it's unique. Anybody's ever ministered here, they always call me up and debrief with me what they experience, and the grace is, there's the grace of a true five-fold evangelist mantle on this church. And there's a scripture that I want to challenge you to put on the threshold of the doors of this church. And it's out of Matthew 9:13 when Jesus was at Matthew's house and all the tax collectors and the sinners were there and the Pharisees were just so ticked off that he ate with the tax collectors and sinners. And of course, he made the famous statement, you know, you know, those who are well don't need a physician, but those who are sick. And then Jesus said these words, go and find out what this means that I do not desire sacrifice, but I desire mercy. This house is a house of mercy. There's a, there is, and mercy in the context of what Jesus said was mercy, having a compassion towards sinners, demonized people, brokenness. I mean, it's, how many would say that you were a, a recipient of the mercy of God in your life. And I think we can all say that, but there's so, you know, you know, who's much is forgiven, loves much. You felt like, man, God has forgiven me for much. Well, and that's because this house is a house of mercy. That means a lot of you have mercy ministries. And as we've been prophesying, mercy ministries seem to just keep coming out and coming out and coming out. And you're almost thinking like we're being redundant but we're not being redundant. We're being in the vein of what Jesus wants to do in this church. And so when you're doing seminars, you're going to do seminars on how to, you know, structure a Bible college. So when I heard that, that word, it struck me very deeply. Um, and to me, for me, that was probably the most powerful word of this conference. When, when a prophet says, you should put this on the threshold of your church, that seems like a fairly significant thing. Um, and the, 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 I'll just tell you the way that I'm wired. He, he says, Matthew 9.13. I immediately go to Matthew 9.13, and I start digging what does, oh, oh, Matthew 9.13 comes from Hosea 6.6, 6, and I start digging, and so I read entire, the, all of Hosea. And, but the thing that probably struck me, first of all, is that, that Jesus, this is red-letter words, go and learn what this means. Go and learn. Um, I won't ask for a show of hands of how many went and learned, but Jesus is saying to Pharisees, the religious the, the 
all these religious teachers, experts of the word at that point, and he says, go and learn what this means. That strikes me as odd. Jesus, the greatest teacher of all time, the guy who actually inspired Hosea, says to the Pharisees, go and learn what this means. Um, and so I spent a lot of time studying that, and I don't have time to tell you what, I, I wouldn't, what that means to me is, are we in the word of God? If Jesus is telling Pharisees, go and learn what this means, I think that I should spend time in the word of God. The thing that's, that, that beyond that, he's talking about mercy, uh, that we are a house of mercy. And th I got saved in 1989, 35 years ago. So I have had time to look really good uh, as a Christian and make myself look like a really good Christ follower. But I happen to remember what Jesus Christ did for me in 1989, that it was radical. I was one day this way, and the next day, I was free. I wasn't perfect, but I, this giant burden that I carried around with me was lifted off. And that was, I've met many Christians who were holy from birth. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm joking, but it was, I, I, what I'm saying is that it was a radical conversion. And I wish you all could experience the same radicalness that I had. Um, many people were raised in the church, and so, but it was, and I will never, ever forget what that did in me. Um, I think about worship and the experience that we have in musical musical worship, that it is an experience that we have with God. And we, we believe that we are a presence-driven church and that the presence of God is, comes in musical worship. But when I meditate on what Jesus Christ did for me, what happens on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday? If my life is a worship to Jesus Christ, then am I not invoking the presence of God in my workplace or in my school place? And that is, to me, uh, this may be a surprise to you. He, he said that we are a five-fold evangelist church. J.O. happens to be an evangelist, like from his tiniest toe up to the very top of his head. And I personally have bought into that vision. If you don't know that we are an evangelistic church, you need to buy into that vision. If you're looking for a different type of church, you need to buy into that vision, but it's birthed in what Jesus Christ did for us and that we live a life of worship. Beautiful. And we're actually looking into literally what it would look like to put it on our doorposts right now, get it printed. So... This next one, I'm going to go to Clark with this. There was some of the words that we're covering are very specific, and some were kind of like, man, we just heard themes over and over all throughout. And one of them was we just kept hearing anointing, anointing, new anointing, new anointing, power, revival, just all throughout the weekend. And so we have a little clip we want to show, and then I'm going to have Clark speak to just sort of one of these themes that we heard and what we were resonating with as an eldership. So let's play that second clip. The prophet Elijah was the prophet of fire, and he built an altar. And the fire of God came down upon it. And I believe, and this is what I feel the Spirit of God is saying to you, that 
that this house is a house where the altar of God has been built and the fire of God. God has made an appointment for the fire of God to fall in this place, in this city, in this region. But watch this. The fire will not be here. It will not be contained only in this place. It will be a, it'll be a fire that will be like a wildfire that will spread out from this place. And I believe that this is going to be a revival center in this region and in this nation. And God is getting ready to pour out his spirit in a significant and a mighty way. That the altar of God is going to be, fill, be filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit. And while I saw the fire burning on the altar, I saw a, a, a spout of water shoot out of the bottom. And water began to flow and a river was formed. As Ezekiel said that the water came out of the altar and began to flow and it became a mighty river. And wherever it went, wherever the water went, healing was there, refreshing was there. It was a water you could swim in, you could come in ankle deep, you could come in knee deep, you could come in thigh deep, waist deep. It's a river you can get in and every place the river goes, uh, everything lives. Everything lives. And I believe you're a church of a double portion anointing. But you have fire. And you have the water of the Spirit of God. And something is breaking forth in the heavens. And tonight, I believe God has written it down on the calendar of heaven. This is a Kairos time and a Kairos moment for you to be a house of fire and a house of a revival river flowing from this place around this nation and to the nations of the world. Wow, how do you follow that? <laughs> well, I believe there's a whole lot of fire on the way and that God is inspiring us. He talked about if you go to the first... Uh, Kings chapter 18, Elijah is confronting the prophets of Baal and the prophets of Ashtoreth, and I counted them up. It was 850, 850 to 1, and Elijah knew that he was a, a child of the Son of God, and he knew that he had a fire, and he had a powerful God that was behind him, and he didn't care how many people were opposing him. He knew that what he was doing was right, and right is always right in the day and the night. It's always right. And then the, the water comes out of the, the altar. He said, the water's going to come. And in the, in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, I looked it up tonight. And the, the water talks about flowing, in this case, from the temple. It flowed from the temple. And there were three different levels, actually four different levels of the water coming. And the water in the Old Testament is, significant, is signifying the Holy Spirit and his presence among us. It talked about the water coming to the ankle deep and then to the knees and then from the knees to the waist, and then the water got so deep, people were swimming in it. Hallelujah. And I just wanted to uh, uh, confirm what Mark said about what is coming. A few weeks ago, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, you guys are experiencing toenail revival. And I said, Lord, what, what's that about? 
And he said, you are experiencing the beginnings of revival. You're experiencing toenail revival. And then he comes weeks later and he confirms the water and the flow of the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you as you allow the Holy Ghost, the fire of God, to come in your heart and burn off everything that would keep you from being a fiery, passionate flame of fire for God. He wants to burn those off so you can be a flaming torch for Jesus in the days that are coming because the Holy Spirit's going to sweep through this place and not only this place but like he said in this region but around the world people around the world are going to know that God is alive in this place because there's a great anointing of grace upon heart of the city hallelujah beautiful um we got another clip that was taken from a post falls campus which a lot of a lot of you probably went to been at but uh, pastor joel shared a word about wells and digging wells and so let's play that and i'm going to address it and i'm here to declare a word from the lord the lord is saying that in a city that seems to be more crowded every day i am making room for a people who make room for me y'all know this room is small J.O., I just, I hear the Lord say, keep digging. Everywhere you dig, you're going to find water. Everywhere you dig, you're going to find water. And so, clearly he continues on with that word, but um, we wanted to express to you guys that as we were praying and reading through these, that this really spoke to us specifically also to, to J.O. and Ray Dean um, about the digging of wells, and so we wanted to let you know that you could partner your faith with us, that we believe that we have a, a mighty mandate from God in this region to impact more and more people, and as God is bringing people here to the region, moving from afar, that we're gonna reach them with the gospel, and so we're gonna continue, Lord willing, to plant more campuses and even more churches. And uh, just thought it was a beautiful thing that Joel was talking about digging wherever, and specifically in Post Falls, we have some other sister churches, and it's kind of like, man, they're, they're right down the street, and they're kind of similar to us, but what we, what we really felt in our spirit was it doesn't matter because there could be a well here and a well here and a well here. We're going to hit water because there are people that need God, and there's more than enough people to fill every single church. So God bless them and their church and, and us too. And, so, and then also Dave brought up that out is, is specifically in the, in the prairie out there that, that he's been told that anywhere you dig in the physical, if you dig 250 feet anywhere, you'll hit water out there in the Rathdrum Prairie. And so that's a beautiful uh, just correlation to that word. So we believe that um, we're going we're gonna to keep moving forward. And man, we, we were looking for years and years at where a campus would be. And then God just opened up this door in Post Falls. And it's just been kind of smooth. But we do want to invite you to partner with our prayers uh, because we're working with the city and the county on some things. So please be praying that everything can develop out there according to the Lord's will so we can um, build what we feel like we need to build the house the house of God out there. And then we also just wanted to hit, hit on one specific thing because sometimes what's not always seen throughout the week, um, there's mighty things going on. And, and one particular area that was spoken towards in some of the words and that we wanted to touch on was just about women's ministry in general. And there was a word given to Pastor Ray Dean and the whole women's ministry. And I just wanted to let you know, if you don't know, that there, there are so many women's small groups that are absolutely going bonkers in this house. That to be honest, guys, kind of putting us to shame. Like, like there's official women's groups, and then there's like 
10 to 20 like unofficial secret code like spy women's groups that are just going crazy. O older ladies are discipling younger ladies. I, I found out my daughter's in a group with an amazing leader and, and they, it's just amazing what's going on. And specifically, we wanted you to know, if you don't know, that we're a house that raises up the whole army and we're gonna empower women to do all that God has called them to do, even in a region that says, you know, some churches say that's not, place doesn't, there's not a place for women, but we believe that there is and that God is using them in powerful ways. And so we're gonna, we're gonna continue to empower that. Um, the next one I want to go to is Seth. There was a, a, a few words specifically were spoken over Aslan and our music ministry and albums and things like this. And then there's like a term that, that was used, the, the sound of this house. And I just wanted you to elaborate on that a little bit and mm -hmm. kind of speak to what it, what it was that we resonated with as an eldership. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a little excerpt from uh, something that Pastor Mark said. It says, all weekend long, I just have this thing rolling around in my spirit rolling around in my spirit, that God is going to create a sound unique to this house. I see you writing songs and recording music, and I believe that for a while there was a few people that had a brand and had a name and all of that, but I believe the Lord is transitioning away from those things in the kingdom of God to where he's raising up people that may be from unknown places and causing their sound to be heard in the body of Christ and around the world. I believe that grace is on this house. And I just believe that there's an anointing upon this team and upon you and upon everyone that's working here with the creatives and all of that in this place. There's an anointing that God's going to release on you to pen and to write and to record and to experience the presence of God. Do not get caught up in the commercialism of the industry and don't be caught up in everything. Do not lose the presence of God and the prophetic anointing. The prophetic anointing, the prophetic anointing that will flow through your fingers and through your voices as you begin to move by the Spirit of God and engage the kingdom of God. Even people who are not following Jesus, they're going to learn to love the sound. I wanna say it again, they're going to learn to love the sound before they come to the Savior. It's the sound that will bring them to the Savior. I want you to lift up your hands right here. I want you to say this, so on and so forth. Um, I just want to confirm this word. Uh, I, I don't lead the creative ministry anymore. That's, uh, that's Aslan's job now. I wish he was in the room. I wanted to tip my hat to him. Oh, he's right there. Hey, hey yo. Um, but uh, I just wanted to confirm this word. I mean, if you don't know, our vision as the Heart Creative is to facilitate significant encounters between God and people through creative expression. We, we, are, we are a creative ministry that is about helping people, shepherding people, coaching people to encounter the presence of God. And that we actually have, for those of you who don't know, we actually have released 14 songs uh, that's, that's just out there in the, the interwebs. Um, and then we actually have two songs that are um, completely mixed and mastered and ready to be released. And then we have a lot more in the docket. So I want you guys to know that we're a ministry that is um, pressing into this word. We're a ministry that is, is continuing to, to step out in this way. And we're a ministry that um, we are absolutely 100% committed to prioritizing the presence over any kind of notoriety or, or fame or commercialism. And I feel like I can say that on behalf of the team, wouldn't you say, As? Sweet. <laughs> Seth, real quick, will you tell everybody if they don't know what the Hebrew words are and what the meaning is of our worship team's logo? Yeah, absolutely. So um, our logo for the Heart Creative um, is uh, Kadesh Yehovah which means uh, holy to the Lord. 
uh, or holy to Yahweh. And it was, the, uh, the, it was written on the gold plate of the Levites who would minister before the Lord. And so the whole principle behind uh, that is the idea that we believe that we are set apart to, to minister to the Lord uh, in, in that sense. And, and that's what our creative department is about. It's not about a show. Right. It's not about anything flashy. It's not even really about what is for, um, for your enjoyment. Um, primarily, we are here to minister to the Lord, right. and, and we, it happens to just spill on all of us, and we're transformed in the midst of His presence. Yeah, we're not just trying to write good CCM songs, you know, that include a couple fires and an ocean. Uh, we're never mind. <laughs> they say if you want to write a good Christian song, just include raindrops. And anyway, um, but we we really want to sing songs that are holy to the Lord and. Aslan's going to make time in his schedule to write. Let it be said and let it be done. Um, We want to touch on um, another sort of word that was spoken about in a number of different ways. Even the end of Bob's word sort of touched on it and then it went off. And there's a few things that were spoken both this year and in the past that we want to let you know that we're taking seriously. And that is that... We're working and actually have been working far beyond this last weekend at developing more of our training and equipping, especially for the younger generations in this church. And you may or may not know that we have a homeschool co-op that has been meeting and operating throughout this body for a few years. Uh, We wanted you to know that we're in active discussions with another school and what a partnership would look like to establish a, a more formal Christian school. Um, whether it's here or in Post Falls. And so we're, we're praying into that, believing for that in the future. We just believe in a, a generation that's getting kind of weird, that we want to train up and at least provide a way to train up young people in the way of the Lord as they learn their education. And also that we started an internship here a few years ago and we had to hit pause on that a few years back, I think in 2018. And it's been stirring us in us ever since to relaunch an internship or a, or a school of ministry or a leadership college. And so uh, young adults, we wanna let you know that we're actively working towards that. And we are Lord willing planning on launching that soon. And so there'll be more information coming about that soon. But we are working on that, and we believe, we've always believed in the generation pipeline, and, uh, and we're trying to move towards to more, some formal education. So um, next, I want to go to Dawn. And Dawn, I'd like to play the clip at the end um, after you share a little bit as a sort of a cherry on top, a testimony. There were a number of times that were spoken uh, this last weekend about this house being a house of healing, deliverance, freedom. Um, Many of you weren't at a specific gathering where the prophets didn't mention demons one time until they got to one specific couple, and then they started talking about deliverance and casting out demons. And you know what? If you're wondering if the prophets were accurate, guess who that couple was? The couple leading our deliverance ministry. And guess what else? We were praying that witches would come here last weekend, and they did, and they got delivered over here in the corner of demonic influences. So um, 
Dawn, I wonder if you could just speak towards the themes of healing, even kids being involved in that, and then we have a cool testimony that we're going to show at the end of that. Well, I, I want to read a part of the word that was spoken over uh, Doug and JC. It says, I believe that right now the Spirit of the Lord says you're going to multiply yourself, and God is going to multiply other liberators and bring liberators next to you, and it's going to multiply. And I literally see small groups, small groups of liberators throughout this church who are going to bring liberty and freedom to people, and they're going to take authority over the evil one, and this house is going to have have a victory, and then it's going to have an authority, and that it's going to have break the chains off darkness, off people. And what I what I want you to know is is get used to deliverance in Heart of the City Church. It's not going away. Jesus set the captives free. It was a part of his mandate. It was, he went about setting the captives free. We're gonna continue to do deliverance here at Heart of the City Church. So if it scares you, I think you just need to learn about it. You need to get in one of those small groups that they're talking about. They kept talking about multiplication and multiplication. I believe that this is gonna be a house of freedom. That was what the word said. And we're gonna stand behind what the word said and we're gonna see that word prosper. So deliverance is not going away. It is a part of who we are, get into it, okay? Number two, here's something I noticed throughout the weekend. We have often referred to ourselves as a house of prayer, right? Dave, you know, the Lord says that my house will be called a house of prayer. There were so many prophetic words about this being a house of, a house of, a house of. And what that says to me is, is that that is not about the elders. That is not about the leaders or pastors. It's not about somebody being on staff. If it's a house, that means every single one of us has been called. Every single one of us is being equipped to be deliverers, liberators, to be healers, miracle workers. We were, it says we were gonna be a house of healing, a house of deliverance. Miracles in the house, healings in the house, strength upon your heart and upon your life like you've never known it. You want that? He says, I declare today and prophesy next level anointing and power and authority upon every life and every heart. Every, every, every. That means you. If we're to be a house of miracles, a house of healing, that means every single one of us needs to have faith for those things. Even if you're not the one putting hands on somebody, you need to have faith that miracles happen in this house. And I tell you what, it immediately started this last weekend. Go ahead and play yeah, that. Yeah, hang on a second before you play on that. What's beautiful about what you're gonna see is that there was healings that began this week and it wasn't in this building but it was in this house. It was family members of our church that, that just put feet to their faith and prayed for people out in the community. You're gonna see the testimony here in a minute. And so this is exactly what Dawn is saying. It's for all of us. And so check out this testimony from our sister. I love God. I think that there's literally no father we could have been blessed with more than him. This morning I went to go to a workout class at CrossFit Gym and I literally left there with the gift of prophecy and um, tongues. Who goes to work out and leaves with gifts from God himself, our father above all? Who, what? But what happened after this was just, it just showed so much more. This girl had walked in, she wasn't like, she was in a, like a lot of pain and she really, like needed healing and we ended up like praying over her. You immediately could just see her tremble and you could literally see her like walk. She had took steps. She had movement she hasn't had since she had gotten in this accident that she got in. And 
it was a little bit like I was sitting there in tears as we prayed over this girl because you could see the Holy Spirit working and doing what he does and healing this girl and watching the people in the room work like let, allowing God to work through them to this girl and heal her and it was one of the most beautiful 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 things that I have ever experienced in my entire life yeah Craig I, I just want to I want to Georgia you're here you don't need to be embarrassed that was amazing Georgia, that was amazing man come on you know, one of the things that was, we, it was kind of a carryover word from last year was about children praying for healing. Do you right. remember the words we got last year that kind of led us to inviting kids into being a part of Freedom Night, prophesying over people, laying hands over people? Well, these, the, 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 the visiting pastors had no idea about that word, but they were very specific about children praying for healing. And so when, when we talk about Freedom Night, we're saying, hey, we don't have, we don't have child care. There's a reason behind that. We want your kids in here. We want them participating in the work of ministry. We want them equipped. We want them seeing other kids laying hands. Jason and Rosie are back there equipping your kids to come in here into the sanctuary and lay hands on adults and believe and see healing. So we're going to continue to press into that. There, we want your kids in here on Freedom Night. Bring them in here. Allow them to, to let God use them mightily. Amen. Amen. George, that video was absolutely beautiful. And the way that you used your social media to preach the gospel was amazing. And there are so many people that they just won't receive from a pastor and because it's just the language is so put together, but you're in this place right now where it can just come out of you in such a fresh way. So I just wanna charge you to continue to share what God is doing in you and continue to share the gospel, even on social media. Take what, what the devil meant for evil and use it for good because God wants to use you. So keep going, sister. It's beautiful. And, uh, you know, not every word that was given is just so, like, ethereal and out there. Sometimes it's just real practical and something that every single person in the church can take on. And so, J.O., I wonder if you could speak to one of those words that is really, honestly, something that everybody in the church could just choose to do if they wanted to do it. Right. How many of you were encouraged by Georgie just sharing? Yeah, yeah. Right? You were encouraged, right? Well, one of the words is that we're going to be a house of encouragement. How many of you like to receive encouragement? Man, you're beat up from the feet up. You're like depressed. You're ready to throw in the flag, but a good word. Wow, apples of gold and setting this up. Come on, somebody, encouragement. But you know, the Bible says it's best, better to give than it is to receive. And so you need to, as you want to be encouraged, listen, look, look, look at me. You need to be encouragers. Okay, it's like, Jay, oh, I'm too beat up. Yeah, I'm just struggling. Well, I think part of your healing might be if you begin to encourage someone. You think that we always feel like encouraging someone? No, no, you step out of the boat and you begin encouraged. And all of a sudden you begin encouraged. It comes back to you, pressed down, shaken together and running over. God wants us to be a house of Barnabases. Is that right? Did I say that right? Barnabases. That we would all encourage someone. Some people are not built that way, but you can't use your personality to go, well, I'm just a numbers 18 and I'm just not an encourager. No, you need to step out of the boat and it doesn't matter how you were raised. We're all called to be encouragers. God wants us to, what do you think prophecy does? The Bible says, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for strengthening, encouraging, 
and comforting. What Paul do? He went around encouraging and comforting. He said this. He said this also. Look in Acts 14, 22. Strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true in the faith. How about if all of us decided not to come in and just be uh, absorbers or, 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 or just like, hey, I'm going to play church, but you actually come in on the weekend and you be the church. You actually be the church. We're so, uh, what is it called when you go to the mall and you just buy everything? You're, we're so, so consumers. But, but what if you didn't come to the church like the mall to, re, to, to receive, but actually to give and to encourage and not, not bring that culture into the church? Like, hey, I'm going to pray for somebody today. Hey, I'm going to encourage someone today. Hey, I'm going to prophesy over someone today. We, we minister over Jason. You think all of a sudden, you know, no, you got to step out of the boat just like any of us to prophesy word of knowledge, encouragement. Come on, we're called to be a house of Barnabases. Jail, I'm just kind of quiet. Doesn't matter. Encourage, encourage quietly. <laughs> what's, what's, a little, what's a little donkey on? Uh, I'm an Eeyore. Well, Kill Eeyore and step out of the boat. <laughs> what do I mean by that? Die to yourself. Don't, no, I like Eeyore. Don't kill the little Eeyore donkey, but kill the Eeyore in you and step out of the boat and let Christ work through you. If you think it's you, it's not you. Let God work through you to encourage tell your neighbor right now, put your little bony prophetic little finger right in their face and say, hey, be a Barnabas. Tell them right now, tell them, be a Barnabas, be a Barnabas, be an encourager. All right, we got one more thought for you in closing. We do this, by the way, for a few reasons. Um, number one, because a lot of words are spoken corporately over our whole house. And like Dawn said, it's not just the staff and the elders. It's This is our family. The words are spoken to our family. And so we, we want to sort of debrief them with you. Secondly, we do this to sort of exemplify to you what it looks like when you get a prophetic word, either as an individual or a church family or whatever, what does it look like to, as the scripture tells us, to weigh a word and to test a word, to pray through a word and sort of as part of a community to determine whether a word is a now word, a later word, a I don't know word. And so we wanna encourage you, if you did get a specific word, to go about a process with that. And if you want help with that, reach out to us. Um, but in just in closing, we felt like there was one more encouragement for our church that when the Lord speaks, it's sort of our attitude's not supposed to just be like, well, okay, praise God. Like, you'll just do it if you want to do it. Right. But uh, there was one specific thing that was spoken that I, I was going to say, Clark, could you sort of just illuminate for us what was sort of spoken, I think, at the Post Falls campus yeah. of a response when the Lord speaks? Absolutely. Thank you, Craig. Mark Cargill, precious brother, said, we've received some really great prophetic words. And he was just so in line with the Holy Spirit was saying. And many Christians make this mistake when they get a prophetic word. They get it and they look at it and go, wow, that was really wonderful. God, bring it to pass. See you later. And they put it on the shelf and don't do anything about it. So scripturally, God asks us to do something with the promise that he gives to us. Right. 
If he speaks a specific prophetic word to you, he may ask you to do something. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18, the scripture that goes with this, Paul speaking to Timothy says, This charge I commit to you, my son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made to you, that by them you may wage a good warfare. I don't see any vacationing in this scripture verse. I don't see sitting on your couch and being a grouch. I see God saying, you do something with it. I'm giving you a tool. Don't be a fool. Use the tool and use it as a weapon in your, ar in your arsenal against the, the God of this world who's going to oppose you. It's a spiritual principle. You get a promise and then the test comes. Let's all pass the test and apply what God has said. Pray it, and if you got something specifically to do, then do what God told you to do, and it just happened to rhyme. <laughs>